Welcome to season two of the Making Bank podcast, where we continue our exploration of South Florida's entrepreneurial landscape with host Keith Costello, co-founder and CEO of Locality Bank. Sit back, relax, and let South Florida visionaries guide you on an entrepreneurial journey from tribulation to triumph, sharing the very stories that have shaped them. Bryce Harlow, welcome to Locality Bank's Making Bank podcast. Well, thank you, Keith. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We're glad glad you could be here. And, you know, you've got a great story. You're, uh, you know, you we have one of the few people to say that. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. You're being modest. We like having people at all different levels, right? So, mm-hmm. you're right now, you know, you're going through that building stage, which is that's awesome. And that's something that everybody can learn from because you're exhibiting courage you're exhibiting faith you're exhibiting all those attributes that entrepreneurs and there's gonna be a ton of people listening to you and learning from what you say today so you know embrace that and share kind of everything that you're going through because it's going to be helpful to a lot of people so i want to start as i usually do with everybody uh like i said you know i'm a simple person so i kind of like to start at the beginning and talk about you know where you grew up and tell us about about that and tell us about your family and and uh, yes, what your childhood so, was like. Well, yeah, just to give you an idea, my dad was a uh, partner with Arthur Anderson. So um, born in Chicago, lived in Denver, um, basically been down here in South Florida for almost probably my parents have been down here for close to 30 years. Mm-hmm. So um, did my school in SMU and graduated there, came, uh, went to Naples for a couple years, worked there. Um, and well, let me stop you for one minute. So any entrepreneurial things that went on in, in your childhood? No, I thought I needed to be an accountant. Really? To be successful. Interesting. So, so you're uh, going to be yeah, like your father. I, yeah. And I realized I was not any good at that, but you always <laughs> need a good account, a good accountant. Um, the biggest thing is just being around his clientele. So when he was with Arthur Anderson, you're around the Wayne Heising, you're around the Terry Styles, you're around the Bob Mosses, you're around the people that built this community and did this. So that was one of the things that stuck with me is the charisma and who these people were and what they created and how difficult it is. But then when you met them and you met their employees, just what that just enthusiasm they had. And, you know, I went to SMU, Dallas is a massive city, but what I saw and experienced here in Fort Lauderdale was the epicenter of entrepreneurism. So, so when did you, just, when did you come back? So you graduated from F- I SMU graduated from SMU in 99. My parents were here. My parents so, were here, um, graduated in 99, went to, my first job was at Boca Resort. My buddy, John Tolbert, who's the best salesperson I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> hired me out of college said uh, it was a forced hire <laughs> and uh and then from there uh went to naples uh worked at naples grand selling golf memberships worked under a guy named mike brooks where i learned the importance of customer service so you know at first i didn't really know what i wanted to do but it's you take a step back in life and you see what these people taught you and how to implement it and what you're trying to develop and be so you started learning sales Right out of college. I learned college, sales. Really. I, this guy, John, when he would present and do his presentations, he was just electric. And his vision a lot of times is like, okay, that doesn't make sense. But you're like, I want to believe in, I believe in this guy, you know? And, and I just saw the salesmanship of it, but then he always had the people behind him to help implement it. And I realized how important that was. And then Mike Brooks, it was a whole different level. Undersell everything, 
but over deliver and just the importance of customer service. Wow. So, so, so it was like for, for you, like first growing up thinking you want to become an accountant. And then it was like, that's a huge pivot from, because accountants are generally not known as being great salespeople. Correct. I took summer <laughs> school. I got C's and D's. It's just like, you know, <laughs> this isn't going to work. So right. that's really, you know, when you're looking at my SMU, that's why I ended up in advertising. Interesting. So that's uh, great. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's a pivot. Yeah. That's right. Identifying it, it was, your strengths. It was a total pivot. But I would say I was always geared more towards sales, you know, um, initially out of college. Yeah. Well, that's great. So then you decide that you're going to get into the furniture business. So how did you decide to do that? Well, I was working. I learned quickly. I never want to do a job I don't like. So I was working in Dallas, love living in Dallas, but could not stand the job that I was doing. There's nothing worse than waking up on Sunday, going to a crappy job on Monday. So um, fortunately, my dad ended up buying like a steel case dealer down in Miami. And um, he's like, hey, come over here, take a look at this. So I'm like, all right, I'll take a look. So uh, I go down there. He's like, I don't like this business. I don't like this industry. It's kind of just, you know, it's it's just too tough to get things done. Um, so he sold it within six months. And the way I saw it is, wait a second. It, I think there's nothing cooler than creating a space and doing a design and seeing it come to life. And I was like, there's something to this that we can make it easier and streamline it. So from there, I uh, once he sold the business, I started my own business. And that took off. It, it did really well for the first couple of years, right before the financial crisis. You remember that 2006, oh, yeah. 2007, <laughs> everyone's ripping, you know, and everything else. And uh, so business is just booming. I'm minting money, you know, being done with everything I spend money on and everything else thinking I'm, you know, the cat's meow on everything. So uh, all of a sudden that financial crisis hits. One of my biggest customers, and I don't know if I can say it here or not, but turned out to be uh, uh, Rosting. So he, he, was, he was the only one buying all the furniture and everything else. He was buying, you know? a, lot he was buying a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I remember doing stuff at Heisinger Holdings and uh, Wayne would always ask me, he's like, Bryce, so so who, what companies are doing stuff right now? Because it was total lockdown. I mean, you remember that. Right, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was dead zone. I'm like, no, this guy's got Rosting. We're doing all that stuff. <laughs> So next, you know, obviously, you know how that story ends, but I'm holding the bag, you know, and um, what's interesting is just the circle of life, though. And, you know, the, the law firm that represents them is was well, not represented them, but uh, was trying to claw back the money and all that. But yeah. it was uh, Paul Singerman. Yeah. So it's interesting. You know, I'm going in there. They're like talking to me about clawbacks. Did you get, you know, any preferential payments or anything like that. I'm like, no, no, but I'm, you know, you're in the process of losing everything. Right. So, uh, so it's just, but at that time I was like, oh, they're the enemy. They're trying to do this. And now it's, you know, they become such a great partner and mentor in life between James Berger, Paul Singerman, Jessica Pavlik, like these people. It's just, it's, it's just, it's really interesting where life takes you when you think you're at your worst moments may turn into the best moments. Wow. And that's, that's really what, what I drew from that. But from there, I ended up um, going to J.C. White. And Can we just pause on that yeah. for a minute? Because that was a great, that was great what you just said. You know, some of the worst moments can become some of your best moments, right? Hands so down. You were, you were going through that really tough time. I mean, because we, we all remember that. Because not only was it a financial crisis, but then we had our own mini explosion here because anybody who was doing business with rusting and there were a lot of people who were dragged down into that uh -huh. because there were a lot of people doing business with him not a lot of people 
who were admitting it, but yeah. you know, it, a lot of people got hurt by that. And you know, the fact that out of that, you establish these new relationships that still today are important and valuable to you. Oh, that's, ab absolutely. That's a real lesson. And I remember my, my dad always telling me like, Bryce, you didn't do anything wrong. You know, you didn't do anything wrong. Like he, I, I met the guys and everything and they were, they were all nice. They were, they were friendly, you know, they were full of, you know, all the philanthropy and everything else, but they were the only company really doing any business in just town. so you don't feel bad rustin was an investor in my first bank okay <laughs> oh, yeah. you feel better now okay <laughs> you're not alone uh, yeah <laughs> so so then you went on to to uh jc white went on to jc white um had a good seven-year run mm -hmm. and, and um, just so people who don't know that's a big uh big, office yes yes the um company. the, the, the um, setup that uh, Mark Feldenhoff setup is is incredible, and one of the things I learned from him is buying the product the best way. And he really, for the first time, gave me the flexibility to go out and just get it done. So I was on the road meeting all these uh, national clients and customers, built up a sales platform. Um, but the thing that I learned about working there was how great his back house operations is. I mean that the original founder passed away, then Mark took it over. But that place just, it ran, you know, no matter who was really running it. I mean, he still had to be hands on, but some of the operations people that I know he's not happy with that are working with us now are just salt of the earth, incredible people. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you just get humbled by, there's just people aren't learning the trades on how to do some of these things now that, as what they used to in the past, it seems mm -hmm. like. Interesting. So you were there seven years, JC so White. Yep, I was there for seven years. And then after, um, I just, I didn't feel I was accomplishing anything. You know, one of the things that my dad did is he put me around these people at a young age, these just people that were just doers. You know, I played golf with Jack Welch, met Lou Gershner, played golf with uh, Rush Limbaugh, played golf with uh, Dan Quayle, you know, at the Floridian, these member guests. My dad always dragged me around. So I was always around these people that are just, you know, did it. And I'm like, well, am I really doing it? Is this really what I want to do? I just didn't feel fulfilled. So from there I decided, all right, I'm going to build a, the best ergonomic chair out there. And we're going to go kick Herman Miller's Aaron's ass because that <laughs> thing's been out forever. You ruin your clothes and all that. So I just remember deciding to do that. And I looked at one of my key employees that's been with me probably for 15 years. And I said, hey, uh, Lindsay, this is what I'm gonna do. Is this, uh, does this sound like a good idea? She's like, what took you so long? So that was pretty amazing seeing people that, hey, we're just gonna pick up all of our stuff. You got your health benefits, your 401ks and all that stuff. And we're gonna go and do this thing on a, on a whim that's not driving any revenue. So that stuck. And then a lot of my big customers right away, they're like, it's about time, you know, you start something else. So that's probably where the lights went off, where I didn't believe in myself, in, in myself enough at that time, where it's just like, no, you get, you need to take the leap. This is, you know, what, what you're, you're, you should be doing. You wow. Know? So to well, say let me, that, let me ask you yeah. one question about that, because there's probably a lot of people out there who feel the same way, right? Who are listening that they maybe don't have enough confidence in themselves to just go and, and do it. What got you over that fear? I was always, and this is not a knock against my parents or anything like that, but negative criticism. 
you know, oh, you know, if you don't, if you don't graduate college, you know, high school, you're not going to go to college. You don't graduate college. You're not going to get a job. You know, you always had that like, you know, negative criticism. So I think what, what you realize is, you know, you're your own person and you've got to figure out what your passion is. School was never my passion. Um, I didn't really see that. I never thought I'd be in design or technology because I'm not good at either one of those. But for some reason, you know, we have this solution that is something that's really revolutionizes the industry. But I have this team of incredible designers, incredible operators. Um, so there's, I just feel right now, it's about finding the best talent and bringing them in and kind of leading them a little bit, but then just getting out of the way. So, you know, when it comes to our operating systems and doing the things, I mean, I really truly believe that I'm surrounded by all entrepreneurs. I mean, they're the ones that say, Bryce, that idea is, kind of out there. I don't really agree with it, but they're the ones that figure it out. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, you know, how I would say our work environment and culture is. And from there, it's just, you know, really skyrocketed. And, you know, next thing you know, you're getting resumes coming in, top talent, people want a piece of like, you know, what you're trying to provide for clients and customers. So you had to though, you had to leave a job and start something. Mm -hmm. And you were saying, so you were a little hesitant to do it though. Was there some, you know, what kind of got you over that hump? Was it the people? Is that what you're- It, it, it was, yes, the people. Um, it, it's, you, I've always been a team player. You know, I may have an idea, but I have also, what's important to me is my employees really prop me up. It's like, I may come out with something, but they're gonna make, make sure that it gets executed. So I, I have my team in place, which, which made a big difference. Um, but the biggest thing is just, you, you know, when you start your own thing, people say, okay, well, if you start at zero, you only have up to go. That's bullshit. Because when you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> I mean, you're looking at millions of dollars in the red, you're looking at your burn rate, you're like, when does this end? Right. You know, and how much of a deadbeat am I? You know, you got an investor with you, <laughs> you're burning all this money, your manufacturing is delayed. So, um, yeah, it was it, it, just stomaching that whole thing and then understanding financials. You know, I was always sales and I would just crush a, a, a expense report so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and do things like that. But now it's understanding the full circle, you know, how, we, you know, how important cash flow is, you know, pay, making payroll, doing the different things, figuring out the right benefits. So it was just it was a whole different responsibility that I really had. To now, was there on. some was there some overlap between J.C. White and when you launched Align? Uh, uh, initially, uh, initially there was not because okay. um, I had the conversation where I'm just going to go create the uh, manufacturer chair. Yeah. So it was fine, you know, everything and all that. And then all of a sudden we're probably five or six million in the red trying to get this thing launched, having all, all sorts of production delays. And I'm like, oh, shit, I think, you know, we're going to need to figure out something for cash flow. Yeah. So from there, we pivoted. And I've got to give Lindsay and Nicole and a few other people credit. In over a two week span, they almost created a full distribution, which really saved the company, which is really launched us to where we're going now. So from there, instead of just focusing on chair and selling a product, you know, we sold the the whole ensemble when you go into the the um, the building. Right. So from there, we, you know, we started cash flowing. We started making some money. We had national clients that knock on wood. I mean, they stuck with us, really saved our company. 
Um, but from there, yes, I had co competitors try to shut us down. You know, I'd be having lunch in Arizona and we'd have like a $700,000 order. Next thing I know, oh, uh, the manufacturer decided not to uh, ship the product. So I'm sitting there having lunch with all their executives and their VPs and everything else sitting there. All right, what am I going to do when Monday all these trucks are supposed to arrive? And that's what I've been told and everything else. So I'd spend my weekends on the call, you know, with attorneys, lawyers, mm. and everything else doing that. But no, it was, um, it, people say it's tough enough to start a business, but my competitors were always trying to trip us up, you know, whatever they could do to like pull something out from, from under you and all that. So it, it did get a little dirty. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, if, if I'm them looking back, I'd be a little bit fired up. I wish we could have come to the table and said, Hey, how can we make this bigger, you know, or, or do something together. But you know, life, life just, it, it figures itself out for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, with, uh, you know, obviously as a, as a startup and you've got all these big, you know, you got some big competitors out there and they're like, you know, they, Definitely don't want to give up market. I mean, I can relate, right? Yep. We're, we're up against Bank of America and, you know, the the uh, huge banks that are out there. And, you know, sometimes it surprises me that, you know, we'll be going after, a you know, what we would consider a perfect small piece of business for us. And all of a sudden I'm like, Bank of America is like, you know, upset because we're, you know, we're taking like a $3 million loan from them. Yeah. And so did you realize that was that the same thing that was going on? Were they just like going after? Oh yeah. So it was, it was more silent killers. I'd wake up and just figure out what's the next thing they're going to pull. So we're supposed to use this, like what they call open line. Next thing you know, oh, every single distributor is open to them except the line one. So basically what a lot of the competitors were doing, hey, if you do business with them, you're being shut out of this. Wow. So it was, you know, we were on our last leg. And fortunately, that's when I met H&I uh, and Allsteel. And they took a chance on us. And really in 2020, and that's just when things really just went up upwards. That's awesome. Talk about 2020, too, because, you know, obviously with COVID, people were not going to the office so what kind of an effect did that have for your business? I had no idea. You know, I'm, I'm so used to taking chances and, you know, dealing with the lows and just saying what's, what's next, you know, um, we doubled down. Um, I, our revenue dried up and our expenses went through the roof, but I brought in software engineers to create our tech platform. And then we hired a lot more designers. And then we spent a ton of money on our build out um, at the Victoriana building, which has been a phenomenal ROI. Yeah, so, oh, that building's so beautiful. We've it, been to your it, office. It space. is, and, and what's been crazy is all of our national clients. A lot of times they fly down and they have their meetings there. I mean, I have a tough enough time trying to get local employees sometimes to come there, but I mean, they're taking flights. Um, we just had this group, um, uh, this private equity group staffing company, come in, and they had uh, people from six different states fly in. So it's it's been phenomenal that way. Um, cool. just, just taking that chance, but the return on investment was great, but that 2020 was a massive bloodbath on the financial side. But then the following year, 2021, after we made all those expenses, our, you know, our revenue, I think grew 600%. Wow. So it, it did pay off. That's great. And so, and now you're on track. So for, for the future. So talk to us about, about that. What's the future of Align One? Uh, future of line one is really coming in and being a full service. So when you come in and do your TI build out, you know, we make that space 
explode and come out and you know make it live, make it easier, take out some of the layers of the back and forth with what your budget's gonna be. What I wanna come in is become a full turnkey solution for a lot of customers. We're gonna deal with the GC, we're gonna deal with the architect, we're gonna work with the designer, but we can pretty much give you 70% of what your build out needs to be. So when locality wants to do 100 branches, you're gonna be talking to us and instead of you having to have 10 to 15 different people in your real estate department, you'll have one or two mm-hmm. that can manage all the different locations. So that's how robust what we're doing on the technology side. So not only what we do on the front end side, which our designers are absolutely spectacular, but it's the back end side that it we're really going to make a difference. And our biggest thing too, Keith, and I can't keep harping enough is finding that last 10%. You know, Amazon always had that problem. How do we get that last mile? How do we like do that last mile? Our biggest issue right now is that last 10%. We do so well at the front, but you know when we have a punch item, we have a return, or we have to get back out there for the one-off, it's like, how do we make that better? Mm-hmm. So one of the things is we're gonna have to you know, vertically integrate. We're gonna make a big investment in a warehouse. We're hoping to you know, get something that's 20 to 30,000 square feet, uh, bring in a full-time crew of 15 employees, and we're hiring right now about another eight to nine project managers and lead installers. That's awesome. So, so that's interesting. So you went from starting a business before the pandemic, then, you know, really kind of crashing and then crashing. And, and, and I remember, going, you know, I remember that business that you had. Yeah. Um, and, and then, and now, and then going to work for JC White and then redoing it. And, and now you're, you're back in business again. And it's great to see that success uh, happening, you know, right all over again. Yeah, no, it's 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 been an interesting journey, but what's been different now, and I've always known, I, I've never realized the power, is the strength of your employees and your bench. I, I mean, I've never been more proud of my team, but also the relationship with our customers. Like there's, there, I, I can't say that, oh, by the way, that customer's a pain in the ass. Our customers, they're our partners. And it's amazing how they really pull us forward in a, in a big way. You know, the clients and clientele that we have, and you would have said really it was 2020 that we started the distribution and technology side that we have, I would be blown away to say, you know, who, where we're at in 2023. Awesome. And the, um, in terms of your team and recruit, you talk about your team and the great people, how have you recruited these people? Because that's something every entrepreneur has got to be able to do is recruit talent. Well, it is, but you know, what's crazy, Keith, is the word of mouth. You know, the resumes are coming in, the phone calls. So it's, we're not really even having to, you know, use headhunters. We do use uh, Jody Moore with MSI. Um, but for the most part, it's just like, you know, we're having these top salespeople come in and they just, they want to see it. And one of the problems that we have is our team in some ways is so far advanced. It's tough that we, we got to figure out how we can get some people trained and do it. So mm-hmm. that's probably our biggest issue right now is how busy we are is bringing in some of the younger generation and, and other certain employees that we can get them up to speed uh, to where our current uh, employees are at this point. Well, I've met some of your team and super impressive uh, people that you, that you have, uh, I have to say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you've done a great job with them. So do you want to talk a little about about financing and those types of things or? Well, Keith, I mean, you you saved us on financing, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were turning my taxes when you're coming out of your doctor's office and everything else. Like, I, it, it's it's just humbling, you know? And as I was saying, it's just, it's it's amazing 
having different partners. You know, in Moss Construction, uh, we have this lady, Diane. She, you know, she's helped us with our tech platform. Hey, this is what clients and customers want to see. Our client BC, the same thing that they do. And it's just, it, it's, it's really cool because they help give you the feedback to improve your business. That's awesome. So... And the relationships that you've built here and that your family's built are probably really important to you. It, it is. Yeah, it's, it is. And, um, you know, I, I don't know who I heard of, maybe it was Noodleberg or someone, but it's the thing I think he said about Heisinger's legend or Terry Styles. It's that's when I was a kid, th those guys were obviously in their heydays and everything else, but it's like this city and what, what those guys have built and created and like a Bob Moss and, you know, these other just incredible entrepreneurs that have built these multi-billion dollar companies and, and built downtown. It's just, it's, it's really a, a cool city. And I just hope the younger generation and these people at Nova and everything else realize, you know, what these guys got going, you know, to make it a better place. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. You think about any of us who grew up in Fort Lauderdale and spent time when, when Terry and Wayne were, you know, in full swing. I mean, it was like an incredible. And these guys were electric, you know, yeah. it's, it's, they just had this charisma, but it was crazy. I remember sending them an email on a Saturday or like, Hey, how do I get into auto nation to give them a, and you know, it would be Steve Hudson or, or Terry like responding that Saturday or something. And then connecting me with Mike Marooney. And then it's just like, you know, then it, I'm so naive. It's like, I don't have a, you know, main manufacturer or anything like that. And the guy's like, what do you want me to do? Like, he's going to take the meeting, but it's like, <laughs> why are you wasting my time? But it's just guys that, you know, just, just what they, what they do, you know? Yeah. And it, that, that just means a lot. That's excellent. So um, anything else you want to share that would be helpful to people uh, you know, entrepreneurs who are listening, would-be entrepreneurs, um, any any particular things that you don't, went through? Don't buy into the hype. Your highs are not that high and always remember your lows are not that low. That's good So you, you'll have a lot more lows, but just realize there's, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. That's excellent advice really to, to anybody. So, well, well, thank you, Bryce, uh, for sharing you know, your, your journey and you're on your journey. You know, we're expecting, no, <laughs> well, we're, we're on our journey together. <laughs> we are, we're, yeah. we're part of that journey. And, uh, you, you know, so we're looking to see, you know, great things come out of a line one and, uh, I'm sure you're going to do it. No, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Keith. So let's go through the lightning round. Now we're going to, we're going to ask you just, and these are just quick answers. Yep. So, um, what's your favorite book? Shoe dog. Oh, nice. Have you I, read that book? I have. Phil Knight, 16 years in the desert trying to build up Nike. Wasn't even a full-time employee for like seven or eight years. The amount of times Adidas and Asics and the rest of them were trying to shut him down. That guy was a baller. So, <laughs> right? Similar yeah. story to yours, right? They're all trying to yeah. stop him. And former accountant. I mean, I was never an accountant, but I mean. <laughs> you grew you know, up around it's, You it's, grew it's, up around It's one. incredible, yeah. <laughs> you know, the other, did you see um, Air? Netflix. So I was putting that as one of my favorite movies. Prime, I think. That's up yeah. there with Braveheart. There is never a better corporate story that you see the people behind the scenes and then just that exuberance of that team when you win. Yeah. And we had a major, one of the largest um, uh, companies in Florida and we won that. I think probably 90% of our employees, that was their high of what they've had with our employment when we got the call to do that. And it just brought back the memories, you know, watching Air when wow. they signed Jordan, yeah. Yeah, so now we know one of your favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> What's one fear that you've overcome? You know, 
that's the, I don't, I think I've always put myself in uncomfortable situations, you know, <laughs> and I don't know if I really have a fear, fear. It's like, you know, it's, I've been low and had low points where I don't think I really fear failure. I mean, doing a podcast for the, this is the first time doing a podcast. So I was a little bit, all right, I got You're a microphone great. in there. <laughs> I don't know how this, but, um, I really don't, it's, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't really have a lot of fear anymore or really look at it that way. Oh, it's, okay. it's more of like how to overcome it. Yeah. Good. How about, um, someone you admire and why? Um, there's, there's a gentleman named, uh, Tom Gilbertson huh. opened up a bunch of restaurants. He's 81 years old. You want to get, I mean, he is salt of the earth, gives you the best life advice. And I just remember when I was going through something recently and he's just like, Bryce, don't get to, don't get so emotional. Don't, or don't make it emotional or something like that, you know, and just it's, uh, yeah, he's been, he's been a special, special person to meet. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Who's one person living or dead that you would have dinner with if you could? Oh, Ronald Reagan. Wow. That guy is such an incredible leader, such an eloquent speaker, how he brought the country, country together during those times, you know, where the high gas prices, um, you know, basically, you know, brought in the allies together. I mean, I just, I, I thought that guy, the more you see is just such a special, special human being, yeah. special leader. And then the other one would be JFK. I mean, I would love to hear what he was going through, you know, with the Bay of Pigs, you know, right, right before we could have gone to nuclear war. So yeah. That would that would be an, another one. Yeah, both of those are are great. I mean, I think too. Reagan. I, I remember uh, when I went into the army. It was 1980. Reagan had just become president, and it was like it could not have been a better time to be in the military. I was like so proud <gasps> to. Uh, and we're just coming out of all the Vietnam. Yep. And, so anyway, I love that one. Um, we talked a little about AI, so this got to be a quick answer though, because yep. some people I ask about AI and they go on and on. Okay, so, so AI, just one one word, yep. and that's all you get is is it is it something to be feared or something that's that you're excited about? I'm on the fence. Okay, that's we'll I, take that. I, my thing is, and sorry, I know it's got to be a quick answer. <laughs> I I just don't want it to take away people's thought processes and doing things and learning things. Um, I think from our design element, it's going to be a game changer. It's, it's coming. It's going to help make things faster, get things turned around quicker. Um, but it's, it's not something I fear. I just fear. I would put it as like, you know, spending too much time in video games. I just want people to keep doing what we're doing, you know, meeting in person, talking, doing things like that. I don't want that to take it away. I don't want people living on their screens, you know? Okay. Good enough. How about you? You live in Fort Lauderdale. So favorite restaurant? I thought you were going to ask about favorite restaurant you're going to pick out on. And I'd say Jack's Burgers. Which one? <laughs> Jack's Burgers. Oh, Jack's Burgers. But, uh, I love no, Jack's Burgers. I, uh, you know that um, <laughs> we do, we, I, we do Kalu's a lot on, uh, on commercial. I know, yeah. you know, it's, but, uh, but yeah, that's, I, I like the ambiance there. It's, it's great. Love there. that place. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Especially if you have a boat, like to pull up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about what's a song from your youth that is like motivational? Oh, I mean, I'm I'm an '80s person. Def Leppard, "Pour Some Sugar on Me." 
<laughs> I like it. And I'm not embarrassed to say it. <laughs> that is a good one. Um, tell us about, you know, you told us, you know, about Tom, Tom Gilbertson. Who's a, another mentor that you would say that really helped you along the way? You know, my dad, it's, uh, I think he's put me in, in the right places to succeed. Like I don't, it, it that, that's been good. Um, Wayne Heisinger taught me the importance of a handwritten note. It's in my office. You know, I remember how important, how much that meant to me and how important it is now to, you know, show appreciation to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's two good ones. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your highest moment and your lowest moment in business? Highest moment was probably getting the phone call that we won this certain customer. Um, that, that had to be the highest. The lowest was losing a multi, multi-million dollar massive project in Naples. But through that failure that we lost and cost us probably 250, 300,000, I realized, hey, I never wanna sell it like that again. I wanna go to market differently. So no longer are we ever gonna be that company. It's like, oh, I can sell you that chair for $5 less. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's not how we do it. So in that loss and that devastation, that's what really transformed and created what our technology platform is, which is a proprietary software that we created. That's a great, you know, it's great that you had uh, you know, hopefully everybody learns a lesson from their failures, right? That's what we all hope, right? Because if you don't, that was, a, you know, you just got hurt bad and you didn't learn anything. So that's great that you added that. So how can people get in touch with you, Bryce? Uh, easy. Yeah. You know, cell phone. Um, a lot of times if they'll reach out to maybe Nicole or Lindsay or Joanna, but. Uh, what's your what's your website? Website is uh, com. But my email is bharlow at alignonesolutions.com. And you're on LinkedIn? On LinkedIn, but we're going to be redoing our website. We're going to be redoing our LinkedIn. So, um, but yeah, I'm, yeah, you can get through to me that no problem that way. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks for being our guest today. And, uh, you know, great to see you and good luck with everything. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for tuning in to Localities Making Bank podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to catch the latest episodes and visit localitybank.com today to learn more about all the benefits of banking local.